Morning, everybody. Good to see everybody here today. I know there's a bunch of people watching that are online. Good to know that you're joining us. Uh, our room is a little bit emptier today. I think people are a bit more scared of this new wave. So I'm sure there's a lot more people there. But welcome, everyone. Good to have you with us. Um, if just reflecting on that cast video a few moments ago during the first service, a, a verse came to mind for me. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 down to verse 10. And I think the verse actually applies not only to that video, but to something of the DNA of our service. Um, it kind of captures something about our service this morning. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Um, Cast has been doing an incredible thing. It continues to do an incredible thing. In the communities that they work with, they've brought life and hope. And uh, yeah, just congratulations again to Cost. Um, as we move into our sermon for this morning, I want to reflect some, a little bit on something that John Ben said last week in his sermon. He referred to the whole idea of sacraments. I don't know if you were possibly here last week, um, but he spoke about sacraments. What is a sacrament? Another word for sacrament is ordinance. What is a sacrament or an ordinance? Big words, churchy words, so you probably don't come across them very often. But strictly speaking, in our church, we're speaking about two things that happen in our church. Again, if you were here last week, you saw both of them happen. We had baptisms last week, and a bunch of children were baptized. It was an awesome moment. We also sh shared communion. Those are the two instances that we regularly visit in our church in the name of sacraments. And the reason that we go to them again and again and again is because the reason behind those sacraments breathes life and beauty and significance into our services, into our souls. It realigns us with the most basic fundamental truths of our faith. And so we go to those spaces again and again as by default. You might come here and say, just why do we do communion every single you know, month? Why do we do baptisms all the time? Why do we do it in our church? Well, because we want to visit the themes that those sacraments preach to us. In fact, we take it so seriously that we've actually placed it in our constitution. I don't know if you know that our church has a constitution. Have a look at it sometime. Some good reading material. Some of it but maybe a bit more boring, but like some of it's really good. This is what the Constitution says. It says that Jesus instituted, this is what we believe in terms of, 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 of sacraments, that two ordinances or sacraments, baptism and communion, and basically just spells out that we must do this again and again. All right? It spells out that it's critically important to us as a church to visit these spaces. So specifically speaking, when we talk about sacraments, generally, what we're referring to is baptism and communion. But if we were to be speaking more broadly, a more general understanding of sacraments, simply speaking, a sacrament is a sign or a symbol of a spiritual reality. Something that is a sign or a symbol of a spiritual reality. So, Baptisms is a sign of people dying to themselves and being raised with Christ. 
communion, the bread and the wine are symbols of spiritual realities. Jesus dying and his blood being shed and his body being broken for us. Okay, So sacraments are more simply a sign and a symbol of a spiritual reality. Two bits of fascinating reading that I've done in my, in my years of, of study and theological consideration. Two bits of fascinating reading has somewhat moved my understanding around sacraments. And I want to read these two bits of writing to you. And hopefully, you'll find it as fascinating as, as I have. It really has changed my idea of, of sacraments. Not away from that original meeting, meaning, but broadened it. Listen to this. I'm going to read it. these two readings nice and slowly so that we can all savor the truth that is implicit in these readings. You ready? Okay. First one by a guy named Brian McLaren, whose theology I don't always agree with, but has some, said some incredibly profound and beautiful things. This is what he says. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, A sacrament is an object or practice that mediates the divine to us. That brings the divine, brings God to us. It's an object or practice that mediates the divine to us. It carries something of God to us. It conveys sacredness. Through learning that a few things carry the sacred communion and baptism, we become open to the fact that all things, all good things, all created things, all things from God, I think is what he's meaning there, all good things can ultimately carry the sacred, a suggestion, an explanation of who God is. The kind smile of a Down syndrome child, bouncy jubilation of a puppy, the graceful arch of a dancer's back, good coffee, good friends. Start with just two sacraments, and pretty soon everything becomes potentially sacramental, as I believe it should be. And we start to discover God in many, many, many places and moments in life. Friedrich Buchner, also a guy that I love, he also writes something similar. He says this. He says, a sacrament... And this first paragraph is pretty much higher grade. I battle to understand it. So don't, don't feel despondent if you don't get it, because I don't. Maybe you can explain it to me afterwards. <clears throat> but I'll read it with respect. A sacrament is when something holy happens. Okay, I get that part. It is transparent time. Time that you can see through to something deep inside time. Whew. Ask me. But anyway, maybe you got it. Generally speaking, Protestants have two official sacraments, Lord's Supper and baptism. Roman Catholics have, added, have these two plus five others. So confirmation, penance, extreme unction, which is where people are prayed for when they're sick or even when they especially when on the, on the deathbed, ordination and matrimony. In other words, he says, at such milestone moments as seeing a baby baptized, or in our instance, uh, uh, dedicated, at such moments, 
seeing a baby baptized or being baptized yourself or confessing your sins or getting married or dying, you're apt to catch a glimpse of the most unbearable preciousness and mystery of life. Needless to say, church isn't the only place where the holy happens. Sacramental moments can occur at any moment, at any place, and to anybody watching something get born. Making love. A walk on the beach. Somebody coming to see you when you're sick. A meal with people you love. Looking into a stranger's eyes and finding out that they're not a stranger. If we weren't blind as bats, he says, we might see that life itself is sacramental. That everything in life has potential to bring us to God and to explain God to us. Everything good, everything from Him. Today, in this service, all we're doing is we're leaning into the sacrament of celebration. Right, the sacrament of celebration. And the symbol that we as a church, you might be familiar with this, the symbol that we use as a church to draw us into the space is this vase. It's a vase that's been around for, I don't know, a good couple of years now. Um, but it draws us into celebration and again and again. And there's a really good reason that we need to mark this time this year and to be very intentional about this time this year. And the reason is obviously because it's been, in no uncertain terms, a tough year, a second one in a row. It's been a tough year for many people. There's been COVID that we have been, many of us have been exposed to. Um, I've got a good friend at the moment who's in bed, who's very, very sick with COVID. Some of us have gone even further and lost people. Um, then there were the riots and everything that accompanied those riots. Um, so much has been stolen from us. But we're not going to allow those things that have been stolen to steal beautiful moments that we've also experienced in our year two. Again, listen to David, all right, as he steps into the space of celebration. Listen to what he's saying, but listen, I suppose, more particularly to how he's saying it. Maybe even the, the tone that he's uni, using as he, as he says these words in the psalm. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And then he starts to list them. Who forgives, who heals, who redeems, who crowns, who satisfies, who renews. Okay. There's something, I don't know if you picked it, picked it up as I read that, there's something adamant about the psalmist's words. Right? It's as if he's, he's taking his soul in hand and he's commanding a response from his soul. Yeah? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. And those are, there's, there's an imperative about those words. <clears throat> Not indicative. An imperative is a command. He's commanding his soul to bless the Lord and to, not to forget. He's not simply saying that, yes, it's in my soul. There's something of that imperative that can be found in the heart of every believer when we say, I will look for a reason to celebrate. 
I will always look for a reason to celebrate. Just to be clear, because we will always look for a reason to celebrate, we need to understand that we're not called to disregard the hardships. We're not supposed to overlook them or downplay them. That, that's not a, a truly Christian response either. In their own ways, those hardships are also instruments in the hand of God. But we are able to look through and beyond those tough times and notice the beauty that God brings into our lives anyway, despite the tough times. And that becomes key to who we as believers have always been. Listen to, to, to Paul in some of the most horrible circumstances, writing from a Roman prison. And I can only imagine what a Roman prison would have been like in the first century. I don't think it would have had comfy cushions <clears throat> or good food, you know, or even a mattress. I don't think any of that stuff isolated from the world, people abusing you, all that kind of stuff. Paul writes from that prison, he says in Romans chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. The psalmists, as we read through the book of Psalms, they often write of the toughest times. There's threats and there's death and there's loss. But again and again, the end of the psalm is reorientated towards praise in the light of those tough times. It is within us who follow a God of hope and healing and grace and love. It is within us to discover and then to lean towards celebration regardless of the circumstances. And this vase <clears throat> that normally sits up over there just above Moira's head, this vase brings us again and again back to the space of celebration. It is a spiritual discipline that at times we desperately need to turn to in order to feed our soul. In a Christian's life, Joy is not optional. I honestly believe it's essential. So having said that, let's recognize that there are you know, there's many different faces of celebration. Okay? We mustn't feel guilty if we don't feel like a party. Some people's only definition of, of celebration is a party. You know, unless I'm partying, I'm not celebrating. celebrating. Well, that's not true. Celebration could look, in the middle of tough times, could look like a simple smile. There's something to celebrate despite all of this. Maybe a simple smile, maybe a pause in the middle of tough times to simply appreciate a beautiful flower. Okay? It may be a lingering hug of the one that is closest to you. All elements of celebration, all faces of celebration. Often the deepest celebrations have an abundance of tears. I wonder why it's like that. Why did God create us that when we are genuinely celebrating, we often end up in tears? Um, I want you to just sit back for a moment, and, I, and I've got a challenge for you. Try not to cry. <laughs> uh, sit back for a few moments and notice the different faces of celebration in this video, short, short video clip. I want you to just have a look at the screen. Elderly man breaks down after seeing a live photo of his dead wife. She's alive. Yeah, it brings the picture to life. Look, look at that smile. Oh, God. That's your Lola. 
Isn't it amazing that I, technology? I, I, I can't believe it. This clip is very emotional. He's on trial for the third time for the murder of two teens when he was just 16 years old. The last 25 years of his life, much of it in prison, has all led up to this moment. In the District Court of El Paso County, Texas, 409th Judicial District, the state of Texas versus Daniel Villegas, number 940D09328. Verdict form B, we, the jury, find the defendant, Daniel Villegas, not guilty of... His brother decided to surprise him on his birthday, giving him the most memorable experience of his life. to a doctor who saved his child from choking is priceless. seeing his wife for several months due to the pandemic, he surprised her. A girl who used to be paralyzed visits an old nurse who treated her. <laughs> He heard some great news from the doctor. But certainly the read would be there would be no need for any sort of any further treatment. It would just, you know, at this point you'd be just you would be um, under surveillance. They'd be kind of checking you for any recurrence. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. I've got a, a weird soul. I don't often end up in tears when it's sad stuff, but in happy moments like that, it's the hardest thing not to cry for me. Folk, there are many, many different faces of celebration that emerge from many, many difficult scenarios. And today we're going to intentionally turn towards celebration despite this year. And despite last year, we're going to push into the fact that tis the season to celebrate. Right? In a year that the enemy designed to conquer us, we will turn to celebration. And I'm going to ask the biggest party animal of our staff to lead us into the next few moments. So Moira, if you can go and do it. No, I'm joking. She's not a party animal. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not the biggest party animal. I think that would probably be Debbie and Barry. Um, in fact, the truth of the matter is, I have to choose joy, sometimes daily. Um, so it doesn't come naturally to me, but I have to always remember that the joy of the Lord is my strength, and that is despite and in spite of um, what's going on around us. Um, but I have to tell you, I'm so excited about this celebration that we're going to have now. I had um, an amazing time this week because emails were sent out to people and I got responses from people who are not able to be here today or some that are here today and just telling me why they would put a flower in the vase if they were here. And beautiful stories, sad stories, celebration of life. It, it was wonderful. So I got the, the greatest job of reading through all those emails. But today, you here are going to get the chance to, to put a flower in the vase um, as we go through different categories of remembering um, why we do this and what the reason for it is. If during the course of the time you realize that you didn't bring a flower, but there is something you would like to um, put a flower in the vase for, we have got some extra ones, so please come and help yourself and put one in the vase. If we run out of flowers, just come up at the time, and at the end, uh, we will have a category that kind of covers everything that we might not have covered. So if you feel like there's still something to celebrate, you can come up at the end when we go through that category. But uh, the flower in the vase has always been an interesting thing, <clears throat> and that very often we are, we are celebrating and mourning at the same time. Um, and this one was brought this morning by somebody who couldn't be here at the first service or, the, or this service because they are isolating, but um, she lost a loved one this year, and she also turned 60, and uh, she didn't want to mention the 60, she just wanted this to be for her loved one, and I said to her, but that's the joy of celebration, it's, it's sometimes hard, but there is joy in celebration. There is joy in mourning as well. Because we know, I mean, Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. And I always think that the flower in the vase gives us a time to just reframe loss and mourning. So this year, my father passed away very unexpectedly in July. And in February, I made a very unplanned visit to the Cape where he lived. Uh, I had to go and sort out some family business for my mom, and I landed up heading down there, and I saw my dad nearly every day that I was there. And I had a, a wonderful time. Um, and on, the, on Valentine's Day, on the Sunday, I, didn't, I stopped working, doing what I was doing, and spent the day with my dad. And you'll see there's a photo of my dad and I, that's my dad and myself, at Hiraka's Point in Wilderness. Um, my son took this photo. And I didn't know that that would be the last photo that I would have taken with my dad. And when we left, I didn't know that would be the last time I would see him. But standing here today, I can look at that and go, thank you, Lord, for that unexpected visit in February. And thank you, Lord, for this memory, because this is my dad. This just epitomizes his life. That was a five-kilometer walk that we did. He was 86 years old, 87. Um, yeah, and so 
that's often what it's about. It's, it's celebrating the person that was, celebrating the role that they played in your life. I want you to watch a video of somebody else who had lost this past year. Hi, church family. My flower in the vase is for my mother and father who both passed away last year. My mom passed away on Easter Sunday and my dad actually will be celebrating the anniversary of his death on Tuesday next week. Not an easy year, especially because I couldn't be with my mom when she passed away. And my dad, I could be with him and what a really special moment. But two beautiful people that had an amazing, amazing life with a huge impact in so many lives. And I really miss my mom and dad. So thank you, Church, for giving us this opportunity to just remember our loss at such a difficult time. Thank you. So, if you have brought a flower today to remember someone who has passed away and to celebrate who they were and the role they played in your life, now's the opportunity to bring up a flower and put it into the vase. And won't you stay here so that I can pray with you? Birgit, this is for you. There's a small vase if you've got a, a short flower and then the rest. And there's new vases. You can add to the new vase if you want. Add to a new vase, Birgit. There we go. And just stay here so that I can pray with you. Father God, we thank you so much that each of these flowers represents somebody that we loved and still carry in our hearts. And we thank you for that person, whether it was a sister, brother, mother, father, child, grandparent, Lord. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for the impact that they had on our lives. We praise you, Lord, that even in the sadness we can celebrate and we are so grateful that even in the hardest times, you walk with us. So bless each one here, I pray, Father God, in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. So <clears throat> during lockdown, we also had a lot of babies being born. I said earlier, some of us baked bread, some of us made babies. I was the bread one, I wasn't the baby one. And... Um, one of my favorite stories from this week was from a, a family, um, and Kaleka is the mom and Max is the father, and they added a third child to their um, clan this year. A little surprise, third child. And uh, Kaleka was sharing with me, now remembering Kaleka is Tosa and Max is Zulu, and um, that she was sharing with me the names that this beautiful girl has been given. So have a look at the screen. The very first name, was given to her by her two siblings. Sinotando, we have love. And those, that name is the same in Zulu and in Tosa. The second name was given to her, Sinovuyo, by her father, a Zulu name, meaning we have joy. That's the, oh no, that, sorry, that was from her mother, Tosa name. We have joy um, because of the joy of her arrival. And then her Zulu dad, Busiseka, means be blessed. 
and um, just because of the miracle that she was. I don't know if they're here today. I know they were supposed to be coming. Oh, they are here today. Um, so I'm going to invite any of you. I know there's a couple of you with little babes. Um, won't you come up now and bring your flower in the vase so that we can celebrate new birth with you? Here we've got a little Olivia looking beautiful in her Christmas red. Kaleka, oh my gosh, she is tiny. Anybody else who maybe didn't bring a flower but would like to because they did have a baby in the last 20 months, lockdown has been 20 months, <laughs> look at this, <laughs> oh my goodness, hello gorgeous, those cheeks, all right, where'd you put a flower in, oh man, and let's pray together, oh here comes another one, yay. There's a flower over there. Oh, Father, the gift of life. We thank you so very much that you have blessed each of these families with a beautiful, beautiful, looks like three girls. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for these parents as they bring these children up to know and to love you, that you would give them all the wisdom that they need, you would encourage them, you would put us as a family around them to help them to bring this child up in the best way possible. Thank you, Father God, in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much. Aren't they beautiful? How about a applause for these beautiful babies? Okay, so that was new life. What about old life? <laughs> birthdays. So we always have a time when we, we, when we put the flower in the vase, it's normally for noughts. So 20, no, not 20, because 20, 30, well, 21, we count 21, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. We have in the past even had an, 100. I want to show you a picture of somebody. So this is Bill. Some of you know Bill. Bill Lofthouse. 10 years ago, he lost his wife. Um, but he actually doesn't think he lost her because he knows where she is, so um, he hasn't lost her. And um, 10 years ago, he decided he was going to look after our Garden of Remembrance. And every week, he comes from Durban North and he spends the morning in the garden tending that garden. It's beautiful. If you don't know where it is, come and ask me and I'll show you. This year, Bill turned 97. Yes. And look at him. If he were here now, he would jump up these stairs quite easily to come put a flower in the vase. Um, but I know there are others of you who have had not such huge numbers, but uh, if you had a big birthday in the last 20 months, please come and bring your flower and put it in the vase. If you haven't got one, just come and take, or you could break off a piece and put it into there and stay here so that I can pray with you. Is this the 21st? Yes, for um, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah Davidson. So Hannah's in, Cape, in Canada and she couldn't be here, but um, she has her friend has brought a flower for her. All right, are we ready to pray? Father God, we thank you for birthdays. 
and the chance it brings us to celebrate our lives. And the chance it brings us to just stop for a moment, to pause and to look back on our lives and to say thank you for the years that you have given each one of us. And I pray for each one here, Lord, thank you for them. Thank you for the, the birth of them and how they bless each one of us. And I pray that you will continue to bless them as they continue to bless others. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Thank you, guys. I also want you to know about a, a man who's not here today. He's turning, he turned 50 this year. And I sent out an email to, uh, to people and he replied and said, I would love to be there, but have a look where he lives. Can you see that line? There's home ground and there is the Rawls family right up in Maun, Botswana. That's where they live. They've never entered this building in their lives before. But they started watching kids' ministry for their little girl, Imani, and um, from there they joined church, and they feel a part of our family here even though they've never been here. Isn't that awesome? And he turned 50. So Duncan, happy birthday. Yes. And they might never visit us here, but they really feel, he kept saying, a part of this family. So I thank God for that. What about a marriage? Anybody get married this year or a big wedding anniversary? I know there's a couple of you that have a big wedding anniversaries. We're not going to ask Marianne to come down again, but they had a 50th. Her and Ellen had a 50th. I know you put a flower in there for that as well. Anybody else with a big wedding anniversary uh, or got married? I know Dale's not with you, but, <laughs> but Lauren got married in October last year, so we do celebrate with her. Any others? Nobody here for that. I can't see. All right, but we're still going to pray because there's people online on YouTube who are celebrating a big anniversary. And Richard had a 25th this year, so in fact, we do have somebody here. Richard. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, we didn't put one in for her. She turned 50 last week and we were supposed to put a flower in. So happy 50th birthday, Cindy. Yes. So Father God, we thank you for weddings. We thank you for marriage. We thank you for the, for the sacrament of marriage, for how you have created this union, Lord, for good. And those of us that are married know that it's hard work and it's worth it. And we thank you for those that are celebrating big. So Marianne and, and Ellen, 50 years, Rich and Cindy, 25 years, and we thank you. Bless their marriages. May they be examples to those who are coming behind them. And we thank you. Amen. I also happen to know, um, I'm not sure in this service, but definitely in the, second, in the first service, some of you are celebrating your health, whether it's uh, free from cancer, or possibly you still are there fighting cancer and you still want to put a flower in the vase to thank God for walking with you. And for those of you who have um, recovered from COVID, we know that there are, uh, Danny was here in the first service, he was extremely ill with COVID this year, but he's here celebrating and thanking God for keeping him healthy. So if that's one of the flowers that you would like to put in, if you have not brought a flower with you, there are flowers, you could break one of those off if you want and put it in the little vase. But won't you come up now? 
to celebrate health. Ah, oh, Nigel, Nigel. Nigel is really celebrating life. He had a very hard year. And we praise God, Nigel, that you are here to put in the vase. There we go. Thank you, Noel. So let me pray for you and thank God for you. Father, we thank you for each person here who is praising you for good health, who's praising you for sparing them, who's praising you for even though they were walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that you were with them and they've come through the other side praising your name. And each person here has a story. Each person here has this moment now to just say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for health, for family, for nurses and doctors, for those that have cared for us and are still caring for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, each one of you. And finally, we do recognize that some of you have other things to celebrate that might not have been mentioned. I want to show you somebody. Some of you know Dave quite well. He usually sits around about there, praising God, sometimes on his knees, but his knees are really sore these days, so he battles to do that, but that's where he wants to be, on his knees, praising God. And he is thanking Jesus for 40 years of sobriety. Yeah, isn't that a celebration? And we thank God for those things that we can celebrate. So maybe there's something this year that you really just want to turn back and praise and thank God for, for this past 20 months. It might have been that you graduated. It might have been just one year of sobriety. It might have been something that was big for you that you are celebrating God for. So won't you, if you um, have brought a flower or if you need a flower, you can take a piece off another little branch. But won't you come up and... Uh, Put a flower in the vase for anything that we did not cover. This is your last chance to put into the flower, into the vase to say, thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you that each one here has a different story of what they're thanking you for. And I thank you that they are looking back to you for what it is that they are celebrating today. And some of the celebration has come with hard trials and hard work. But nonetheless, we celebrate. And we think of Dave and how you, Jesus, have, have just carried him through for these last 40 years of sobriety. Thank you, God, for how he does not forget for one minute that if it weren't for you, he wouldn't be where he is today. So bless each person here and anybody else in this congregation who is thanking God for anything. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we are grateful that you are in our lives. Amen. Thanks, Maura. You know, there's massive, I think there's massive, massive victory for people that choose to celebrate despite stuff. Um, I, I know some people that have been in the depths of, of depression who celebrate by simply getting up that day. 
And that is a massive victory. So well done. Well done, folk, for, for stepping into that space. One last story before we close with one or two more really, really awesome songs. Um, about three weeks ago, Cindy and I were giving this amazing gift to go to Mozambique area called Villanculos. Um, along, the, along the beachfront, it was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, it's in a, in a game reserve area. So that night, one of the nights of the week, I thought, let me pull my, my normal charming moves, and I took my wife for a walk on the beach. You know, beautiful stars. It was ultimately romantic. We took holding hands, walking, lapping of the, the waves. Just the perfect moment. And then just over here, there's a movement in the bush. And it just wrecked the moment. What's your first thought when you hear something like, you don't know what it is, moving in the bush in a, in a, in a game reserve? Well, I immediately put Cindy between me and the bush. That was my first, and I'm joking. Uh, you know, the first thing, maybe let's run, let's get out of here. The f- first thought, I think, very naturally is, who is that or what is that behind that noise? What is that behind the noise? Um, all kinds of things come to mind. Maybe we should ask the same question behind the blessings. What is the reason behind the blessings we've just celebrated? What is the reason? Who is the reason? Remember, that's what a sacrament does. It gives us a window behind the scenes of the blessing. The healthy, the healthy enjoying is one thing. Celebrating the one who gives you the health is a whole different thing. That is why the birth of Jesus is so powerful. That is why this season is the season to celebrate because the celebration of Jesus' birth tells the story of the name and the face attached to that blessing you've just been grateful for. John chapter 15 verse 11, speaking about Jesus and all the things of God, says, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The things of God brings joy to our soul. Psalm 16 verse 11, you reveal the path of life to me, speaking to God. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are internal pleasures. Folk, these blessings, these stories that these flowers still all starts with a little baby being born in a manger. Now we know who it is that is the giver of good and perfect gifts. Folk, it is the season to celebrate. And I'd love to encourage you to continue to have the courage and the wisdom to choose joy again and again and again because that is the kind of God that we serve. Thanks, guys.